Thanks for the short sicha today. <laughs> Just hand it to us on a silver platter. <laughs> As we speak, my meringues are reposing in the oven. <laughs> oh, well, shared. Oh, well, I'm glad somebody or something is reposing. <laughs> Feh, reposing is not for Hasidim, not even for Hasidish meringues. Oh, yeah, yeah, they have to sit in the oven for two hours after you cook them. <laughs> and you, if you open the oven door, you ruin them. So <laughs> I, I did have a tray which I dropped. So if you drop a tray of meringues, they become meringue crumble. Meringue crumble. It's also Kashula Pesach, <laughs> unless it hit the floor.
Good morning, dear friends. Today's Sicha is from Chelek Yudzayin, Pirke Abais, Kol Yisrael. The Sicha today is Leschus Harav Yosef Yitzchak Ben Sima Chasya, for four Shlema Ukreva, for four Nisis, and the Schus of all of us that we should be Zeicher, Tzaiz for the Kavana. We should fulfill what the Rebbe wants of us on this Erev Yom Habayir, Yer Alef Nisan, Me'ave Esrim Shana. And in this chos that we should have the Seichel to feel the privilege of being able to Eisfer and the Kavana every minute and all the time. It's a short Seichel, very short Seichel. So we're going to be able to do some of the of the footnotes as well quickly, and we're going to start Seif Aleph again. Chelik Yudzayin Pirke Avos Kol Yisrael. And for those of you who were on last week, um, it's going to be um, very geschmack, I guess, delicious um, to see how this sicha really references a lot of the theme, the things we spoke about last week and just gives us the opportunity to review and to deepen our understanding because that's what happen when, happens when you look at an idea over and over and it's referenced more than once. Sif Aleph. Minag Yisrael, it is the minag amongst B'nai Yisrael, lahaktim l'chol perak mi perke avais as hamiras hamishnah kol Yisrael yesh lahem chelik la'ilam haba shenema ra'amech kulam sadikim la'ilam yirshu aretz netzer matai ma'ase yodai lehispoer. The minag of Yisrael is that we preface the uh, learning <coughs> of, of um, each perak in perke avais with saying the Mishnah that actually comes from Sanhedrin, like we discussed last week, that each one of B'nai Yisrael has a part in Eilam Haba, has a chilek, a parcel in Eilam Haba, as it says, and this is from Yeshayahu, your nation are all righteous, they're all tzaddikim, and they they will eternally inherit the earth. They are the plantings, the saplings, of my hand, in which I take great pride. And from the fact that we preface with this Mishnah, it's understood. We understand from this that there has to be a thematic link between Pirkei Aves. And this Mishnah, which speaks about the schar of every single Jew. And that this Mishnah, in some very specific way, is the perfect preface to the learning of Pirkei Avis. V'tzarech lahavin. We have to understand. Halei elam haba hu haschar al kol ha'avayda deterim mitzvah z'chol proteha. It would seem that Olam Haba, the next world, is a schar for all of the avoda that we do and all the Torah that we learn, all the mitzvahs that we do in all of its details. And it's not only the reward for keeping or observing 
Pirkei Avos is called the words of our fathers. Ve'im kein, madua ne'meres mishne zudafka lufnei limud meseches So if Olam Haba is a reward in a very general way for everything that we accomplish spiritually in this world, why would it be placed here? As if it seems that this is coming to tell us that if you fulfill what, what we learn in Pirkei Avais, Mili Da Avais, the words of our fathers, then you'll get Olam Haba. But it would seem that Olam Haba is a schar for, for much more. And if you look at um, footnote three, the Adar Abba never says, on the contrary, the Gemara says that learning and, and observing what it says in Pirkei is a way to becoming a chassid, somebody who goes above and beyond the letter of the law. So if this is what Pirkei is all about, move on, then it's understood, then for sure, if the people who are learning this are people who aspire to become chassidim, meaning people that go above and beyond the letter of the law, then it's understood, it's self-understood that this kind of avayda is not being done for recompenses, for, for schar, for reward, but rather it's being done because uh, it's being done l'shma, for the name of Hashem, because a person realizes the privilege of being in a relationship with Eimshta. And, <clears throat> and then the fourth um, footnote, the Pashtos Yishleim says, simply speaking, we might say, that because the lessons, what we're taught in, in Pirkei Abbas are mile de chasidusa. They're about becoming a chasid, going above and beyond the letter of the law. There is room to err and thinking that this is not something that is relevant to each Jew. Therefore, we preface the learning of Pirkei Avais with this particular Mishnah, which speaks to the superlative attribute of every Jew, that every Jew has a part in Olam Haba, and from this it's understood that it's possible for every Jew to accomplish this. It's not just for Yechide Skula, for a very, very elite core, but rather everybody is able to master the lessons. And the Rebbe says in parentheses, and because you are able to master it, therefore you have chayva, you have an obligation. And this was a running theme in, in the Rebbe's Torah and in the Rebbe's instruction to us. If you can do it, then you must do it. If you were given the ability to do it, then, then that was done for a reason. Then, then it becomes your responsibility. You must do it. Okay. So we have to understand the question in Sif Aleph is, if Alam Haba is generally speaking the schar for everything we do spiritually in this world, then why would it be placed here as if to say, well, this is the schar, this is the reward you get, for keeping specifically the lessons in, in Avais, Beis. V'hinei b'negei lo'hei ro'is t'meseches Avais, matzinu Beis k'tzavais. 
And when we look and we analyze the lessons of Pirkei Avos, we can find two extremes, two antithetical ideas. Michad Gisa, from one hand, Teichen Hamasechtahu Belashen Harabavadya Bartanura Musarim Umidais Sheena Mimitzvasatayr. On one hand, the content of Pirkei Avos has been described as um, admonishments, lessons, um, morals, scruples, ethics that are not mitzvahs of the Torah. Adasher, so much so that about Pirkei Avos, it is described, and this was referenced in the Sikha we did last week, that um, great scholars of the world uh, not necessarily Jewish, also compose these kinds of books, Shabadu Milibo, that, uh, that came from their hearts. And they compose these books, Bedarchi uh, Hamusar, as, as, a, as a, a kind of a, an admonishment, how one person should comport themselves with their friend, with another person. And the reason that it's so important, that it's imperative to be careful with these kinds of lessons is because of how lowly, how corporeal and physical and material we are. And therefore, um, that, that side of us can likely lead us to have midas rise, to, uh, to conduct ourselves in ways that, that are the antithetical to goodness. And so for this reason, it's so important for us to take these lessons to heart and to be very careful. That's on one hand. That in other words, you can't even be a mensch without these lessons. You can't even be a, a proper person. But on the other hand, like we just referenced in the uh, footnote number two, uh, uh, three, sorry, Amru Chazal, our sages taught, whoever wants to be a chassid, and again, we're not talking here a chassid in terms of, uh, you know, from the advent of the Baal Shem but a chassid as understood in Mishnah and Gemara is a person who goes beyond the letter of the law. So whoever wants to be a chassid, what do they have to do? They have to observe the words, the admonishment, the lessons in Pirkei Avos. This means This is teaching us that the lessons of Avos, of Pirkei Avos, are lessons that are relevant and fall into the category of the level of a chassid. Somebody who serves Hashem, going above and beyond what's necessary, the letter of the law. And we can find these two, you know, polar opposites also in the learning of Meseches Avais. One of the reasons for learning Pirkei Avais 
on the Shabbosis between Pesach and and Shavuos, Dafka, specifically this time of the year, because this is the time that we're taught that our physical corporeal desires, our lusts are aroused. And therefore we learn during this time, this, these Mesechta, these, these uh, prokem of this Mesechta, why do we learn it at this time? We learn it prophylactically as we approach the time of the summer. Maybe people become a little more loose, a little bit more um, given to their uh, to the pull of the physical flesh. So we learn it this time because it's filled with admonishments and it arouses the person to seek, literally to run after, but to seek mitataiva, the right balance, the, the positive balance. Avaleidach, on the other hand, so on one hand, it's because this is a time of the year where we're most apt, perhaps, to, to fall um, spiritually and to follow our, our lusts and desires. But on the other hand, we see that it's a minute Yisrael that every Jew from the smallest, meaning not just the youngest or the smallest physically, but the smallest in spiritual stature, till the greatest in spiritual stature, those who are completely above being pulled by the flesh, by, by the physical, each one learns during this time. So it means that it can't just be to address um, these lowly desires. And so the Rebbe says that both these antithetical ideas, both what it is that Pirkei Abbas comes to address and who it is that engages in learning Pirkei Abbas, both of these become one. And there is no longer kind of this paradox or this disconnect through prefacing Pirkei Abbas through the Mishnah called Yisrael. See if given. The Yuvan Alpibir HaMishnah Ayudua. I will understand this through looking at a well-known explanation regarding this Mishnah. The Rebbe says, Oilam Haba Ko'i Al Oilam Hatchia. That the words Oilam Haba here refers to the Oilam Hatchia, the world after Mashiach comes, where there'll be Nishamais Bigufim. Souls will be returned once again to the bodies. Vizehu Chidush Hamishne Kol Yisrael Yeshlam Chelet Oilam Haba. And this is the content of the novel idea that is contained in this Mishnah. Haschar degan Eden, Olam Hanashamais, Einenai Bishave Bechol Yisrael. Different from Olam Hatchia, 
the reward in Gan Eden is not at all equal for, by all Jews. You can't say about that, Kol Yisrael. Ad, sheyesh mevnei Yisrael, she'enem zoichem klal Gan Eden. So much so that there are those amongst Bnei Yisrael that are not zoichem at all to Gan Eden. But when you understand that Olam Haba is a reference to Olam Hatria, then in contradistinction to Gan Eden, Olam Hatria Sheboi Yiyu Neshamis Begufim. When you speak of Olam Hatria, in which Neshamis will be returned to Gufim, Hare Beikrehu Bishave Lachol Yisrael. That in the main, generally speaking, it is the same for all Jews. Kol Yisrael Yesh Lahem Chelak LaOlam Haba. All Jews have a chilek, will have a part in this experience. Vitam hadavar. And why is this so? And um, I should just mention very, very quickly that there is um, a well-known difference of opinion as to what Eilam Haba means. And the Rambam paskins that it means Ganeiden, but Hasidus has always embraced uh, the other opinion that this means Elam Hatria. And um, there's a very well-known metaphor about a, um, a person who owned a lot of land and a lot of crops. And uh, he was looking for people to look after before surveillance cameras. You have to use people to scare away those who might help themselves to your produce, your assets, uh, without <laughs> permission. But he didn't want to hire somebody who themselves could help themselves to the produce. And so he hit upon a brilliant idea. He hired one person who was blind, but had very keen hearing and was very agile. And he hired another who was very strong. Wait, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm mixing myself up. Give me a second. If somebody, if somebody knows this, you can. Um, one was blind, and one was and one was blind, and one was very one was very strong and very swift. And um, no, the blind one, the blind one was very strong and very swift, and the lame one was lame. I don't mean lame like we use lame today unable to walk, hardly ambulatory. Anyway, um, and one time these two hit upon an idea that if the guy who's lame gets on the shoulders of the ones who's blind and he navigates him, then together they can take whatever they want from the trees, from the, from the crops. They're, they're a good couple because one has the, the strong footing and, and is agile and will be able to take care of that part of it and the other one who can see but is lame will tell will tell the first where to go and together they were able to help themselves uh to what they what they needed or what they wanted or what they felt they deserved and um so this is a metaphor for the neshama and the goof the neshama and the goof need each other each one has a deficit and without the other they, they can't accomplish anything but together they can accomplish everything so therefore it must be that ultimately the schar has to be an olam hatchia. Because otherwise, it's, it's just not fear. 
the neshama can't do anything without the guf. So how can you give just the neshama, the schar? So now let's go back. So what's the reason for why there's this difference between the schar of Gan Eden and the schar of Olam Hatria? Because the schar in Gan Eden, neshama is belikofim, because the schar in Gan Eden, where you have a neshama without a body, is in the main for limer hatayr for learning tayr. Because limer hatayr is mainly connected to the neshama, to the energy and the ability of cognition that belongs to the neshama. But where you have the neshama and the guf, this is the reward for keeping mitzvahs. And this is done through the agency of the body specifically. And therefore the neshama receives the schar for mitzvahs when she is reunited with the guf because that's her true partner. And because when it comes to grasping Torah, there are and there need to be differences, gradation between one Jew and another. It's just the way it is. So much so that it could be from one extreme to another. So because there are going to be differences and sometimes very, very extreme differences between one person and another in terms of how much Torah they can learn, so it stands to reason that the Gan Eden experience is not going to be equal l'chol mitzvahs. But when it comes to keeping mitzvahs, who be'ikrei inin shel asiya. In the main, mitzvahs are about action. Asher hu kol echad ve'echad. And it's possible for every single Jew. And this is literally how it is practically. That every Jew keeps mitzvahs, observes mitzvahs. Until we find what we learn in the Gemara. And the Rebbe never tired of using these words. Never tired. It was almost like he was standing before the Abishter and reminded the Abishter constantly, that even the sinners amongst B'nai Yisrael are filled with mitzvahs like a pomegranate is filled with seeds. And because the service of mitzvahs is observed by every single Jew, Therefore, naturally, all Jews have a chelik in Olam Hatria in the experience of Trias Hamisim. However, we need to understand. According to what we've said, the main time where Hashem's reward to us will come to fruition will be after Trias Hamisim. Move on, Misa. It's understood from this. So 
So we understand that things move progressively, always malin bakaydish. It's 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 moving to a crescendo. So this means that the schar of chiyas is higher than the schar of gan eden. If this is the case, so if this is the case, how does this jive with what we learn in other places and have said in other places and learned even in Sikhas together in our class that Gan Eden is the schar for Limer HaTayra, which it would seem is a higher level of Avaita than doing mitzvahs. And learning and it's not something that everybody can do in like fashion. In quotes. So we just said that the of is a reward for doing mitzvahs, which is quote unquote a simpler easier, more accessible type of Avaita than Limer HaTayra, Har much more accessible, much more simple, and therefore, and therefore it's something that everybody can do, everybody can achieve. So the question is, once we've established that this mission is talking about Tchias HaMesim, and it's telling us that everybody's going to have a part in this because it's about asiyas ha mitzvahs. It's about doing the mitzvahs. And Kol Yisrael do mitzvahs. Everybody's full with mitzvahs, like a pomegranate is full with seeds. And therefore, everybody will have a chelik matriya. And other matriya comes after Gan Eden. And we know that it's constantly elevating in terms of the progression and the trajectory of world history. So Eilamatria has to be higher than Gan Eden. And yet we learn in other places that the learning of Tyre is higher than the doing of mitzvahs. And the proof is that everybody can do mitzvahs. Not everybody can learn Tyre. And certainly not everybody can learn Tyre in the same way. So how do we reconcile these two things? Vahabir Vazeh. And the Rebbe says explanation. The Rebbe says, even though at first blush, on the most topical level, it seems that the reason that all of B'nai Yisrael are equal when it comes to action is because our ability to act is the lowest of all of our expressions. Why? Because you can act, you can do something without the accompanying emotive feelings that should fuel that kind of action or without the intellectual understanding that should be the underpinning of such an action. In other words, somebody tells you to jump and you jump and you ask how high, and you don't understand why you're jumping, and you don't feel that you should jump, but you're told to jump, and you jump, and, and that anybody could do. So that would seem to be the way we look at action, that it's, it's a, a lower expression of the person. It doesn't necessitate our deeper, more profound, more evolved uh, strata. But the Rebbe says, but that's just on the topical level. 
But the innermost reason for why this is something that Shavuot Lachol Nefesh and every Jew can engage in, who mitzad hamayla shabasia, is because dafka because of the um, the the advantage of action, and what is the advantage of action? Ubeloshin hamishnah b'maseches avos hamayse ikar, and like we learn in Pirkei Avos. The action is the main thing. And what does this mean? Because the innermost kavana, the supernal will and the supernal intention is that B'nai Yisrael should make a dwelling place for Hashem b'tachtonim in this lower realm. Ba'olam hazeh ha'tachton she'ein tachton lamata memenu. In this lower world, where there's nothing lower, b'kemaimer, and as the well-known saying that we say or we sing every Friday night in l'chadaydi, soif ma'aseh b'machshava t'chila, that the end result or um, the end a- action is in the initial thought. Yeah, it doesn't make a difference. It's, you know, like it's- and if somebody is not on mute, if you could mute yourself, please. So, so the, the initial thought, the deepest aspect, the deepest desire of Hashem is dafka in the saif masa, in the action. The kavana al And this kavana, this intention comes to fruition, is activated in the main, through doing mitzvahs, through keeping mitzvahs. Because through mitzvahs, we effectuate a refinement and a, um, a, re- a refinement of the body and all the aspects of the world that we use in order to keep that mitzvahs. Like the Altareb explains in Parak Lamed Zayin at great length. And because every single Jew, like our Mishnah brings down in its proof text from Yeshayahu, is a sapling, a planting that Hashem planted with his hands. Therefore, every single Jew feels Hashem's ultimate intention and fulfills this intention practically. You know, it's just staggering to read these words just to see how the Chabbos saw every Jew. He's saying every Yid feels the Kavana Elyena. 
every yid feels the supernal will. There are no gradations. But begiloyim, just in the way that they express themselves outwardly, there are differences between one Jew and another. And there's even the possibility of a Jew that doesn't seem to be a vessel for any mitzvahs. I'm sorry, but in everything that is relevant to the innermost intention of Hashem, which is to make a dear So again, the Chabad doubles down and he says, that even for the Jew who on the external level doesn't seem to be that engaged in mitzvahs, and it's even possible for there to be a Jew that doesn't seem to appear as, a, as having any connection to mitzvahs at all. But when it comes to the intention of atzmos, when it comes to the innermost intention of Hashem, which is to make a dear this is felt in the essence of each Jew. And in this, all Jews are equal. Hey. And this is also the reason for why the payment of the reward in Olam Haba has to be to Nishamais in Gufim specifically. Because once we've established that the intention, the supernal will, is that there should be a dear Yisrael. This same intention is reflected also in Bnei Yisrael. Because we are, as it were, one with the atmos of the Ebeshter. And Hashem's choosing of Bnei Yisrael of us, He The Ebeshter did not just choose our Nishamas, the Ebeshter chose also our Gufim. And therefore, even the body of a Jew has eternal existence. And is never lost. And is well known. That there is a bone called the Luz bone that is never destroyed, is never lost. And it is from this bone, the bone, the loose bone, that the entire body will be rebuilt and rejuvenated in Trias Hamesim. And I'll just very, very quickly say um, that I remember the day that I read um, 
the book by Rabbi Arya Kaplan, Olavo Shalom, that had been released posthumously. His, his wife has found many, many manuscripts, um, but that one came out very shortly after he left this world, in which he says that why should we wonder about Trias HaMesim when scientists can now create a whole being from oneself? And he was referring to the cloning, which now every high school student knows about cloning. But uh, among many other things, Robert Kaplan was a, was a physicist, he was a scientist, and he wrote this years before when only really the top echelon of scientists were engaged in this kind of work. And he said, why should anybody wonder about Mason? Why should anybody, you know, um, refute this or challenge this and say it's impossible to understand when look from one cell from a nail, one cell from a hair. Um, and I'm just sharing this because I find it's very um, powerful to share with people who seem to like not be able to wrap their brains around the whole thing of Trias Hamasim. Like now you lost me, you know. <laughs> but um, but he makes a very, very strong, simple, elegant argument. So the Rebbe says, so it's not just in the Shema that's eternal. It's the guf that's eternal. When all of the refinement that has to take place in the entire world will be finished and the world will be transformed to be an open and manifest fashion, a dear an apartment, a, a dwelling place for Hashem. In that time, it will also be manifest and revealed how Hashem's choosing of our bodies is, makes the body different. And therefore, it's almost kind of like, how else could it be? In other words, if the whole world is going to be nizdachich, it's going to be refined, and it's going to be elevated and transformed, and it's all going to be a dear Yisbarach, and all the truth is going to be revealed finally, then the truth about the goof of a yid is also going to be revealed. And then how could it be different? How could it be any different than that the ultimate reward should be nishamis begufim? Vav. And through this is understood why this Mishnah has the preface when we appear Kiavis. It's in order to teach and to underscore that the observance and the learning of these Mishnas and Pirkei Avis that lead to the refinement of the physical, material, corporeal aspects of the body are relevant to every single Jew. And therefore, and therefore, we preface with this Mishnah that underscores Olam HaTchia, Trias HaMesim, Nishamas Bikuf, Kigam HaGuf Dechol Yisrael, Hu Maase Yodai Shalakadish Baruch Because even the 
body of a Jew is the handcraft and the, and the planting of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Adarab, on the contrary, Dafka b'maase yada yeshnahi inyan delehispoer. It's dafka in maisa. It's dafka because the neshama doesn't necessitate a maisa, but creating people that that necessitates maisa. So it's dafka in the maase yadai, the bodies that the abishta takes pride lehispoer. Share dafka because. It's specifically saif masa. It's specifically in what seems to be the end result. This was the Abishta's intention at the very beginning. Let's take a look very quickly at um, footnote 26. So based on what we've explained above in, inside the Sikha, that the words ma'ase yadai refer to the guf, to the body specifically. Now we understand why the Tana brings the end of the puzzle from Yeshayahu. Because Dafka from the end, is proven that it's talking about Olam Hatriah. In contradistinction, Er Oretz, because Kol Yisrael Yeshlem Chelak Olam Haba Shenemar Ameh Kum Tzadikim the Olam Yirshu Oretz. He could have stopped there. When Atana brings a proof text, he doesn't have to bring the whole pasuk. He brings only what's seminal, the seminal words. The Rebbe says the word Oretz could have been a reference to Gan Eden. And you should see in the Kutitari where the Alt Rebbe speaks at this at great length. So Neitzer Matai Ma This underscores that we're talking about Elam Hatria. and therefore, Ein Af Yehudi And therefore, no Jew has permission to absolve themselves from this. Not to fulfill. The lessons of Pirkei Avos, Ubeveiz Aktzavos, on both extremes. Michad Gisa, on one hand, ain b'metzius guf she'ena yachal is bara. On one hand, there can't be a body that cannot be refined. There's no one that's beyond repair. Mikavan shegufo shekol echad miyisrael humase yaday, because every single guf, every single Jew is Hashem's handicraft. Therefore, it's not possible. It's underscored. It's simply not possible that there should be a person that cannot be refined. The yes, and even more. Because they are the handiwork of, of the, the work of the hands of Hashem. Nobody will be lost. Nobody is excluded. The saif called saif yizbarer b'poyel. And at the end, each and every one will be refined and elevated. Ule'idach, and on the other hand, And on the other hand, this pirke avos, this work of refining our character traits, 
there's nobody that is absolved. There's nobody that's above it. This is not too low for anybody. On the contrary, the true wanting to be a chassid, the true words of chassidus is to refine the body. It's not just about ideas. It's not just about a deher, the right feeling, but we push it, have to refine ourselves on every level. And the masa yadai, the physical level, because it's dafka on this level, yeshna inyendel hispa'er. That's what the Ebishta takes pride in. O canal, and as, as the Rebbe says, as mentioned above, shesayf masa b'machshavatchila. That it's in the end result that Hashem's innermost and initial and most essential thought and kavana lies. There's so much here um, that we could take with us, but just on a very, very practical level, Gaba underscores the goof of every yid. So the sacks of potatoes <laughs> that, uh, that go to feeding every yid over this yamtiv, we, we could use this, you know, a little bit of inspiration to help us with all the gashmias, all the chomias of this yamtiv. Um, but really the, the, the main nekuda is the absolute belief and faith and love that the Ebishter had in and for, uh, that the Rebbe had in and for every single yid and just taught us how, how to look at, at another yid and to understand, to understand what that is, Now I am going to share screen for a moment, hopefully, but as Hashem, I can do this. I wanna show you something. Um, so somebody's gonna to have to let me know that this was done successfully. Do you guys see it? Could somebody unmute them? And tell me yes oh yes yes okay excellent so um take a look at this so because it's Arabian Aleph Nissan I was thinking and I knew we would have a few minutes I was thinking like what could we learn that 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 um mirrors this sicha and um that connects us to our Rebbe and connects us to to our Rebbe's father um from Nikolaev and uh, that, you know, we're, we're, we're thinking so much about this now at this point, and also something that we're going to be looking at in a few days. And uh, probably everybody has had a moment where they've been very um, surprised or shocked or uncomfortable with these words that we say in the Haggadah. Rasha mahu aimer. What does the Rasha say? Maha lachem. Well, what are you doing this for? And Lochem, he says to you, and, and, and he says, it's, it's about you. I'm excluded for this. And because he says, and he doesn't include himself in this. In other words, he's saying, you guys are crazy and I'm not part of this, but I'm just curious. Why are you so obsessed with this? So how should you react? 
because he denied that which is fundamental, hake eshinov. You should blunt his teeth. You should knock out his teeth. And uh, it's, it's impossible for people who have learned the Rebbe Sichas to, 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 to read these words and not be completely shaken and, and, and upended by these words. So the Rebbe's father taught, what does it mean, hake eshinav? So take a look, you see, um, here you have three different styles of um, safros, but in each one, there's two types of shins. There's a shin with three aspects, three vavs, and a shin with four. And on the tefillin shel reish, there's these two types of shins because they reflect two opinions as to how the shin should be written with three vavs or with four. And the Rebbe says, the, the Rebbe Levi Yitzchik says, that when you meet somebody who seems to be a Russia and he excludes himself from what B'nai Yisrael are doing, what should you do? Hake eshinov. You have to chisel out the two shins. The shin of the three is the avois. The shin of the four is the imahis. You have to find a way to bring the union of the avais and imahis that this yid have into sharp relief. Hake eshinov. Find a way to, to chisel out, I'm not using the right word, um, it's, it's not coming to me right now, but you understand what I'm saying. And when you, when you learn this, you, you, you see this thread in all of the Rebbe Sichas. You see what the Rebbe literally imbibed from, from his youngest years. You could hear what the Rebbe said to George Rohr when he said, Yidin without background? Every single Yid is B'nai Avram, Yitzhak, V'yakov. You, you, could, you can hear. And, and um, I don't know, it just, to think how privileged we are to, to, to have this and to be taught in this way and to be able to see the world this way, to be able to see ourselves and everybody in this way is, um, you know, it's, it's just amazing. And uh, the Ebesha should help that, uh, that before Yeralaf Nisa, we should already see the Saif the Masa that was in the Machshava Tchila. Because, you know, this, this, the Rebbe's Neshama came down here for this purpose to bring Mashiach. And the Rebbe left it to us. And, uh, and, we, and we have to roll up our sleeves and, and, and get this done now. So I'm wishing everyone, my grandmother had this Yiddish expression, agringa haravanya, uh, uh, an easy enslavement. <laughs> so the haravanya of Pesach should be gring, it should be easy. And um, when we, you know, when, when, when this is how we, we start our day, so everything afterwards is, uh, is much, much easier. Koltov and achakasha v'sameach. And we'll see each other on the other end of Mitzvah Shem. Chalamayit.
Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. 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 Thank